do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. No less. <clears throat> this show is like a journal of the media I have consumed. I pour it forth from my mouth, from the dusty attic that is my brain, so it does not sit up there and slowly drive me insane. Uh, if you like the podcast pass it on to a friend if you don't like the podcast pass it on to an enemy and it will help it grow and flourish like the beautiful flower it is i will now push a, a timer that will start a series of five five minute timers that will hopefully keep us on track. I will attempt, <clears throat> as I always do, with some degree of accuracy, to stick to the timer today, because I got shit to do. Wish me luck. Break a leg, I guess, as this is show business, I suppose. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. All right, pushing button now. Today's movie monologue sponsor is A Shrubbery. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this in, jeez, some years anyways. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, they recently put, I don't know if all, but, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> certainly most of the Monty Python movies on Netflix for your viewing enjoyment so I'll probably I don't know if I'll watch every single one but uh, I, I'm thinking maybe how we did James Bond one James Bond movie a week uh, we'll do a similar thing for Monty Python movies why not um, because they're they're good they're funny they're you're you're weird often always dry British sense of humor uh, wrapped up in sort of 1970s uh, vibes of, of what the hell was going on back then ish Uh yeah <clears throat> is this the best one? Uh, I, I don't know it, it, it's certainly probably the one that most follows a quote unquote story as opposed to uh, ones that are more sketch based I would say just from my sort of recollection of, of watching these, I was a fan uh, of Monty Python 
from a very young age, and I do remember trying to uh, show it to my friends and get them to like it with no success. <laughs> them sort of looking at me like, why the hell are you making me watch this thing? Uh, so is it an acquired taste? Potentially. Um, is this a good inroad because it's a little more broad? Potentially as well. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's uh, one of those movies that's uh, sort of embarrassing that uh, people quote a lot uh, to a cringy effect, I would say, uh, which I try not to do. Knee. Knee. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'll go like a solid five. Like, I, I really do enjoy this movie and its ridiculousness, so... Speaking of ridiculous movies that I have enjoyed thoroughly, Thor, colon, Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, definitely in probably my top five, maybe in top three of superhero movies. Friggin' love this thing a lot. Uh, it does what I like of these movies, uh, uh, not taking itself 100% seriously 100% of the time, because that feels more ridiculous than uh, having ridiculous things happen, like uh, a fight between Thor and uh, the Incredible Hulk. That's ridiculous that that would happen, right? But uh, very, very cool. A uh, lot of uh, cameo folk from other movies. Doctor Strange sort of comes to mind. Uh, this, this sort of universe they've created... Uh, becomes much more fleshed out and sort of cool with this movie, I feel like. Um, definitely, is it the funniest? Uh, I don't know. But the, but the fact that they're seemingly not afraid to uh, make it funny uh, it, it is a good thing. It is, is to me a very good thing. It, it's that thing, the, the sort of reason why I love dark comedies is because I find the mixture of real-life shit uh, with 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 the laughs is more realistic. <laughs> Saying that about Thor Ragnarok is a little ridiculous but so is the movie at some point. So, uh, easy. Easy for me to give this a 5 out of 5. Uh, very, very much enjoy Thor Ragnarok. Moving on to Raw. Uh, yeah, this one was fucked up, man. Uh, it's also on Netflix, I do believe. I could be wrong. Um, was it French? Yeah, yeah. It's French, uh, so I hope you don't mind subtitles. Uh, I know the missus does mind. I don't. Uh, the only thing is, movies like this have to uh, not play video games while watching, which is my sort of normal modus operandi. Oh, Latin. Uh, where I'll, I'll, I'll be watching a video game while playing a... Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'll be watching a movie while playing a video game. Is, is how I normally do things. But uh, you can't obviously do that with subtitles. Uh, this girl uh, has a piece of meat. Eats, that is, for the first time in her life. Uh, when she gets to college, it's part of a sort of initiation ritual. And boy, does she like it. So much so that she sort of develops these weird cravings. Uh, cravings that are so weird that, uh, in fact, she starts to crave human flesh. What the fuck? Uh, and it's just sort of her going through this very strange struggle of turning into a, a cannibal, basically. 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a very fucked up movie, I, I will definitely say. Um, let me just throw one little tidbit out without giving too much away. She eats her sister's finger. Uh, Rating-wise, I go like a... F if you don't like... If, if you like like a, every once in a while, <laughs> because you, you do need a palate cleanser after this uh, movie. Uh, if you like the sort of fucked up movie like this, uh, I, I give it like a four or a five. It's, it's really well done. Um, but if you don't, if you can't handle movies like this, I would also understand it because it's fucked up. Like I needed to watch like a cartoon after or something just to cleanse my palate. Uh, last but not least, The Disaster Artist. Uh, yeah, I reviewed The Room on this podcast uh, within the last some months anyways. I don't remember what I gave it. Uh, but this I will give... Uh, do I give it a four? Yeah, we, we'll go four. I, I, I did enjoy it. It did make me, uh, even more than The Room did, made me c more curious of Tommy Wiseau, the, the actual living human being and what his deal is. So, uh, making a human curious about another human, you know, give some marks for that. Hey, why not? Uh, yeah. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Orlando's Gentleman Club. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we're talking The Wire, specifically season one. Yes, yes, yes. I talked the missus into watching uh, the television show The Wire. Uh, it was too hard because this is a show that everyone who speaks of speaks of highly um, because it's just an amazing show, period, full stop. End of discussion. No, this is a podcast. We can't do that. Uh, yeah, uh, so this show is sort of famous for... Uh, lots of things, but one of which is that the first few seasons are a little slow. I think that's something that's sort of known of The Wire. And uh, it's been so many years since I watched it. Like, when did this come out? Uh, 2002. Oh, wow. I thought it was the 90s for some reason. Anyways, uh, so I, I must have watched it uh, when the DVDs came out. So after the... It's four seasons long. So 2002 plus 4 is 2000, um, uh, what is that? Oh, math is not my strong suit. 2006. So, so 2006, 2007. So that's probably when I watch these. Uh, so I'm going in having not remembered a shit ton, like a, a freakish amount of the show I don't remember which is uh, to me the perfect time to rewatch a show is when you have forgotten everything about it and it's so close to being <laughs> I've never seen this before uh, with just enough dashes of oh shit yeah I remember that to make it that much more enjoyable uh, so for that reason I can easily give it a 5 out of 5 the first season and it's not as sort of famously slow as I remember it being reported to be or even though I remember it being uh, lots of shit happens I, I feel like in this first season uh, I'd almost go the Mrs. Nyer now a little bit into the second season and that feels a little slower uh, if you're unfamiliar with The Wire 
the titular wire is um, police putting a wiretap, hence the name, on phones in order to try to catch uh, a, a band of merry drug slingers uh, in, uh, oh shit, what's the city? Baltimore, Baltimore, which is sort of famously a city in which uh, lots of murders and crimes and drugs happen. <laughs> Uh, IRL that is uh, strange thing is like is it still like that today like uh, I feel like uh, when I hear the name Baltimore I don't necessarily think of of crime and death and such like I, I have uh, almost Baltimore and Philadelphia some for some reason and I don't really know why I have them sort of interchanged in my brain a little bit uh, it doesn't make sense a lot of what I say doesn't make sense uh, okay, so let's talk about the cast. Uh, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of stars Jimmy McNulty, played by Dominic West, who, you know what I'm surprised about him? is uh, I feel like almost all the other actors in this you see in other things, but uh, I don't really know what he went on to do. Like, I, I, I feel like he's great in the show. He's sort of a, a, a lovable uh, loser, sort of bastard a little bit oh shit my timer just went off and siri just went on okay it's still going shit i don't know how long that was off for huh anyways yes for some reason did i say something about siri <laughs> because it started like uh whatever uh yeah uh, he's great in this and and i feel like underutilized in other things but maybe he's so sort of intertwined with this that uh, he got typecast as Jimmy McNulty uh, it's a bit of a drunkard which a lot of the cops are on this uh, I can verify having a family with a lot of police officers in it that uh, police do tend to like the booze as is uh, sort of exemplified in this so it's almost two shows this yeah he it's it's the the quote-unquote good guys that are the cops which sometimes are not the goodest uh and then the quote-unquote bad guys uh of the drug dealing gang murderer types who uh you know have moments of not being bad which is i think what makes the show so good is that uh it, it's not just black and white there's a shit ton of gray. The show lives in the gray. Uh, so for that reason, at least season one, uh, which focuses more on this sort of fight, uh, that, that's the other cool thing. Each season will have sort of recurring characters, but then maybe focus on different storylines. Uh, so I, I like that idea as well. Uh, easy for me to give it five out of five for the first season. Uh, and we'll bring other ones back as we progress. <laughs> Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter is rather a double television talk sponsor, Los Polos Hermanas. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, talking probably one of the greatest television shows ever made, Breaking Bad. Yes, similar to The Wire, uh, but not quite to the degree. Uh, I decided to re-watch this and went in not remembering 
like I remembered it more than I did The Wire. I can definitely say that with 100% certainty. But still, uh, enough time had passed since I had, excuse me, seen it that uh, I, I really, really sort of developed an itch maybe months ago to rewatch it. Tried to talk the missus into it. For some reason, she wasn't as big a fan of Breaking Bad, which sort of always a great disappointment to me because I loved it so much. Um, yeah, just an incredible feat of storytelling. Uh, I think the reason why, if I could boil it down to one thing, which is a dumb thing to do, but I'm going to attempt it, uh, is the fact that you kind of don't know... Like, a lot of TV shows, you can sort of tell from one episode to the next where it's headed and what's going to happen. But I feel like with Breaking Bad, you never know what the hell is going to happen next. You never know what Walt could do because he is such an unpredictable character. He, you know what? He starts off as a predictable, normal, average Joe. And then over the course of the show is slowly not only driven insane, but turns the show insane. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's like the main character, uh, his brain is melding uh, with the actions of the show. Uh, and it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier and amped up and amped up and amped up. Um, which I, I don't know if you ever see such a, a drastic change from episode one to the final episode of not only the main character but his sort of uh, essence uh, changing the show, which is sort of, sort of a crazy thing. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Breaking Bad, <laughs> what the fuck? You, you turn this off. Yeah, you know what? Turn this off and go watch it, but also turn this off because, come on, man. Come on, woman. Or man. Or other. You know, I'm, I'm pretty inclusive. Uh, it, it's about uh, Walter White, a high school chemistry teacher who uh, is diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I laugh because I saw a meme once. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with me, <laughs> uh, I'm in Canada, where uh, if you have cancer, you get treatment, and it is paid for. End of show. That was the sort of meme. Uh, it was Canadian Breaking Bad. And it was just like a, a, a the scene where Walt is told he has cancer. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with the show, he learns he has cancer. And then in order to pay for it, he starts cooking meth. And, you know, things explode from there. Uh, the Canadian version is he's told he has cancer. He gets the treatment. Uh, it's all paid for by the government. Uh, end of show. So it, admittedly, the Canadian version, much shorter and uh, not as interesting. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> why, why do you, uh, in the U.S. not have healthcare is a, is, is a thing that always sort of boggles, uh, I, I do believe, countries that do have it. Let's not get into that, though, right? Um, if, you know what, silver lining of you not having healthcare is this show. Yeah, there you go. Silver lining of not having healthcare in the US is the television show Breaking Bad, which is one of the greatest television shows of all time. Easy for me to give it a six out of five, which I very rarely do. Um, there's that sort of debate at the end, and this is a, obviously a big spoiler, but maybe it's kind of not. Uh, does Walter White die 
in the final episode. Uh, and this is something that move. I find it happens more often in movies uh, than in TV shows that uh, where it sort of leaves it up to you, the viewer, to decide what happened. I, I, I love it when that happens. I'm going to lean towards he does die. Um, yeah. I feel like it's a good period at the end and it sort of fits with everything that happened before. That sort of ultimate change from the first episode to the last would be alive at the first and dead in the last. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that, but uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I haven't done it in a while because nothing ever comes of it, but uh, in an effort to get audience participation, you can tweet at me, Jordan, uh, dot, no, what's at, what the hell's my Twitter handle? at Jordan underscore Maywood. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, and let me know what you think. Did Walt die at the end of Breaking Bad? Or is he alive and not well, but alive? Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Moto Horse Hybrids. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we did it. We did it. Zelda Breath of the Wild end game stuff. Yes! Uh, I, I will admit, and I think I did this for the GameCube as well, I basically bought a Nintendo Switch for Zelda. That, that's the reason I purchased it. Um, it's an expensive piece of equipment. Uh, money is an object for me. Uh, but the fact that I played this for... Oh, shit. You know what? I wanted to... You can find that information somewhere, I think, right? I'm pretty sure you can. Um, I wish I had of. But surely over 100 hours uh, divided by the dollars I paid for it. Uh, I, I gotta be somewhat happy with that purchase. You know what? I'm happy with the purchase for the reason that it's one of the best greatest video game experiences just I've ever had in my long and not illustrious video game playing career uh, easy for me you know what I go like a seven out of ten out of five for this sometimes I give sixes for like Breaking Bad but uh, this is, is up there for me with uh, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas which are my two sort of favorite video games of all time that I just played until I a freakish amount, hundreds of hours combined, uh, and I can add this to the list. Okay, so uh, I've already sort of spoken of it in broad terms, but uh, let's talk of my end game cleanup, as it were. Uh, I did do all the shrines. Uh, I will say there's one shrine, and this is my number one piece of advice for Zelda because it, it was the most frustrating thing. There's one shrine that you can only uh, get to during a red uh, blood Moon. A Blood Moon. And f uh, if you're unfamiliar with Blood Moons, come on. Jesus. Uh, what it is, is uh, every once in a while, uh, randomly, somehow, some way, I don't know what triggers it, then that's sort of the issue. Um, and seemingly no one has a definitive answer what triggers it. There's many opinions, but no truths. Uh, uh, the moon will turn red, all sort of bad guys in the world that you have killed will be uh, re-alivened, uh, 
Oh my god. Uh, we'll be realivened uh, stronger than before. Um, so you need that to happen in order to gain access to this one shrine. Uh, the way it happens is... Uh, the way you can try to make it happen is sit at a campfire and then uh, sort of, uh, say, sit there for a day and then hope that next night we'll uh, have uh, one of these special moons, these random special moons. I must have sat at campfires, I don't know if I go a hundred times, but a friggin' shit ton of times. Uh, eventually I just gave up and let it happen randomly, which took uh, like a week or so of playing. Uh, for some reason, when I didn't want it to happen, <laughs> it happened a lot, and when I did want it to happen, it didn't, and it was very frustrating. So my recommendation is find this quest, just Google it, Blood Moon, Shrine Quest, whatever you want to call it, and, and do it during your very first Blood Moon so you don't have to worry about it. And then all the other shrines are, are, are somewhat more straightforward. Um, what else did I do? I, I had the DLCs, so I did all the... Uh, alternate shrines. I did the uh, one that eventually grants you the uh, motorcycle, the horse motorcycle. Yes, uh, when I told, uh, uh, or talking to this to a, a friend about uh, the horses and such, and when I told him a motorcycle, he uh, for a second I think he didn't believe me that I had a motorcycle. Uh, that thing's pretty cool. <clears throat> made the uh, last battle uh, somewhat easier, I would assume. Uh, speaking of last battle, and sort of last section, uh, because I had sort of played so many hours and sort of building up my stats and such, I had uh, every single uh, stamina wheel, uh, I had my hearts as high as you could get, uh, I had the ancient armor fully upgraded as high as it would go, I had uh, great weapons. I was just like soup to the nines. Uh, I think that made the final battles pretty easy. Um, like I, I didn't even die once, I don't think, or maybe I did once. But uh, I even had all the uh, upgrades to all the uh, divine beast uh, abilities. Uh, like, like I was a fucking badass. So uh, that last battle, or of course, with a Zelda game, last series of battles, wasn't crazy hard. The hardest battle I ever did in the game was uh, the first shrine I did, the one in the camel thing. That one was tough because I had sort of hadn't played it that long and, and didn't get what I had to do. So that one was hard. But the hardest one was um, the one to get the motorcycle. You had to fight one of the the guys at the end of shrines, the sort of wizened old things. One of them sort of comes alive, and you have to fight it. That was uh, surprising in itself. Uh, but to beat him, he was fucking tough because there was different stages. One of which where he like grew, you know, f fifty stories tall. So <laughs> that's always fun. Uh, yeah, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, the only thing I haven't done is the Master Sword Trials. Uh, I've done the beginner's one, but then there's the medium one and the hard one. And even as souped up as I am, uh, like I tried doing the middle one and it was fucking tough and I died. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with those, basically it's a series of trials where you start with nothing. Like uh, no weapons, no armor, no nothing. All, all you have is you. <laughs> uh, you do have the abilities that you accrued, so you know, that's something, but, but that's it. Oh, you know what you could do? One of the one of the abilities you get 
And I wonder if it works in the shrines. Uh, one of the abilities you get is uh, when you die, you come back to life immediately with full health. Uh, you can only do it once per a certain amount of time. Uh, and my thought is doing those, and then if you die and come back to life, you gotta like sort of run away and then wait for that time to come back up so you're never in too, too much danger. Hmm. That's a thought anyways. Uh, regardless, uh, that's the only sort of thing I've left undone. That and I didn't go after all the seeds as well. There's like 900 seeds um, and the variety of ways in which you find them is large, but it's not infinite. So you'll find yourself doing the same thing sort of over and over again while looking for the seeds. Uh, so, you know, I, I still have things I could potentially do, is what I'm saying, uh, if and when I decide to go back. Although, if and when I do decide to go back, I feel like I would go back and start from the beginning. Probably. Jeez, I, I, I don't know. Like, with Fallout New Vegas and 3, uh, a new playthrough was vastly different because you could sort of go through once good and go through once evil. That, that's sort of the main ways you can change it. You could go through once uh, being good with guns, go through once being good with melee weapons, uh, that sort of thing. Like, I think what I usually did with Fallout games was uh, go through the first time good with being good with guns, uh, and then go through the second time being evil and good with like melee weapons and knives and such because that seems to sort of fit almost uh, whereas this if I went through another playthrough there's not that sort of choice based things everything would sort of be the same so I don't know could you re replay Zelda I mean eventually I will just like I've done with Ocarina of Time which just talking and thinking about makes me want to play through that again. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, anyways, uh, now being done, I should uh, be back on the podcast a little better as well. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Big Mac Gordita Shamrock Shake Shack Shake. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, first uh, is a new addition to my podcast listening repertoire, as I like to do from time to time. Uh, having finished uh, all D&D related podcasts, uh, getting them up to date, uh, I have started listening to a new one called Caverns and Comedians. Um, I, jeez, it does good things. Specifically, it's funny. I, I, I have laughed about it, about it, with it, on it, whatever. I have laughed while listening to it. Uh, it's a group of uh, Toronto comedians. I'm about, you know, half hour and change away from Toronto, so that's kind of cool. Uh, playing Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, what they do is edit it down a lot where it's basically just the story. Uh, and I don't know if I like that 100%. I, like, what I think I want from a D&D podcast is... Jeez, I, I, I like... Take this... 
take Adventure Zone, have a really good story, but I also like some of the mechanics of it. Like, I like d and I, I, I want to know what you're rolling. I want to know what's... Uh, do you pass the strength check? I, I want to know what spells your wizard is using specifically. So I, I want sort of a combination of both. And uh, I think that's harder to find. Funny and mechanical you know what if somehow some way that audience participation i mentioned before would work uh if you can think of a, a D podcast that would fit that uh, you know let me know that being said i, I have enjoyed it uh, the characters are fun uh the the story so far is interesting uh, i would recommend it if you liked the adventure zone uh, i i think you would like this speaking of the adventure zone Jeez, I didn't put it in here. Uh, their decision to uh, continue on with their second season and not do D and I would never say this to them because I, I feel that they get this a lot. But that decision really disappointed me. Uh, like so much so that I'm having trouble listening to it, <laughs> listening to Amnesty. It's it's just not as interesting to me and. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they they guaranteed got a lot of shit, and I wouldn't pile on to their decision, uh, the, the negativity of their decision, because it's their podcast. They have to be cr- creatively fulfilled, but uh, it's a decision that I wish they didn't make, you know, and, and that's just an opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll go back to D&D one day, but uh, Amnesty and the sort of Monster of the Week thing... It's just not that interesting to me, uh, and despite my love of them, uh, I'm having trouble certainly uh, maintaining the interest that I did with uh, balance. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, I suppose. Moving on to Casey Neistat in 368. Yeah, Casey Neistat, interesting YouTube uh, personality dude, uh, has sort of started up this new company uh, on YouTube. And it's uh, very interesting to see uh, his sort of uh, thought process behind things and the building up of this, what I know he hopes will become a thing, and uh, I could see the potential in it. So it's a, it's sort of a, a, a very, very cool idea where he's uh, seemingly throwing a shit ton of money. Like, Jesus Christ, a, a place in New York of this size has to be... A lot to lease uh, and then use that to help his sort of fellow creators uh, really sort of a fascinating process one that I'm interested to be a part of in the sense of watching Jesus would love to be a part of just period full stop uh, I think yeah I did too I, I even tweeted at him because he's going to be starting a podcast and then I, I got the feeling, and I don't think this is something that would be out of the realm of possibility for a person such as this, that he turns this into sort of a podcasting network. Uh, and, I, and I think I tweeted on him something like, uh, Hi, uh, hi, hi, Casey. <laughs> uh, my name, uh, I have, you know, almost 500 podcasts uh, with no listeners, so cle- clearly I do it because I like it. Um, how do I get involved with your podcast network that you're inevitably, inevitably going to make? I, I haven't heard back from him yet, but, uh, you know, I'm not ruling that possibility out. <clears throat> <sighs> 
Okay, uh, last two I gotta do quick because I said I was gonna stick to the timer and I don't think I did to a single segment. Jesus. Uh, another podcast that you should listen to is called Freedom. It is hosted by Scott Ackerman, Paul F. Tompkins, and Lauren Lapkus. Three of the comedy podcasty titans. Uh, love them all. Uh, the idea was that uh, they toured around with Comedy Bang Bang and sort of uh, developed a, a great fondness towards one another and decided that just the three of them doing a podcast would be good. And I can verify that it goddamn is. Uh, I think it's only available on Stitcher and may only be behind the paywall either now or eventually. I'm not really sure, but the first episode at least you can listen to. Uh, and I recommend you do because these, honestly, podcasting titans, three of them for the price of one, just uh, just incredible. Uh, last but not least, Harley Mornstein and Sean Evans. Yeah, this is another sort of match made in heaven. Uh, two YouTube food people, <laughs> let's call them. And everyone's made of food if you're a cannibal like the girl from Raw. Oh, callback. Uh, definitely check that out. Uh, they combined... Uh, uh, fast foods made fast food hybrids like there was a Big Mac uh, shit what was it Big Mac made with Chick-fil-A or something like that anyways I remember uh, watching this and I was like hungry before I even started watching it and when I was done I was like oh Jesus I'm starving and I, and I haven't I used to eat uh, fast food once a week on my way home from work but uh, I stopped doing that because it's not good for you and I'm trying to lose weight like you know a human does sometimes uh, so uh, this made me crave uh, a lot of uh, specifically Taco Bell yeah every once in a while just get that Taco Bell craving gotta run for the border speaking of running for the border oh what the fuck <laughs> wow poorly timed and not making sense that's this podcast. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think You've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.